today on City Cash Chicago. If you've ever walked through the Puerto Rican flag at Division and Western and Humble Park, you know that Puerto Rican pride runs deep and strong in this city. That stretch, known as the Paseo Boricua, is the heart of the community. And this weekend, it's where you'll see all that culture and flavor on display at the Puerto Rican Festival. Joshua Smizer de Leon highlights all things Puerto Rico bi-weekly in Paseo Podcast. We talk with Josh about the community he's called home all his life. It's Thursday, June 9th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. How was my pronunciation on your last name, on Bariqua? Uh, yeah, on yeah. Am I saying things correctly? Uh, first off, trying. It, you get major points for that. My name pronounced it flawlessly. Beautiful. Well done. Uh, Paseo Boricua. It's pronounced Paseo Boricua. Paseo Boricua. Yes. yes. Or the Puerto Rican walkway or the Puerto Rican way um, translated in English. Yeah. All right. So I'm not going to take it again because I think it'd be good for listeners to hear me struggling with pronunciation. <laughs> we do a lot of cleanup here. And so people be like, man, he know everything. Yeah. I don't. I'm out here struggling too. Uh, well, before we go any further, we should explain what the Paseo Bariqua is, where it is in the city, and how does it serve the Puerto Rican community? Sure. Yeah. So uh, most people that are familiar with Chicago, familiar with the Humble Park area, will know Paseo Bariqua uh, pretty pretty uh, immediately. Um, there's actually two banderas um, or flags in English uh, that are the flags of Puerto Rico. So we have two gigantic, you know. Dang near 50 foot uh, flags, um, largest monuments to flags in the world, believe it or not. Um, But they act as gateways to Paseo Boricua. And to give people listening a sense of geography, we're talking Division Street being the main district. Um, And then it's bookended by the flags, which end at the corners of uh, Western and Division Street and California and Division Street, just right um, as you get to the park. But as of right now, Paseo Boricua acts as the Puerto Rican community saying our flags are planted. There's gentrification happening all around us, mm-hmm. but we're not moving. And if you try to move us, good luck, because we're as deep rooted in this community as these uh, steel flags. Hey, big facts. How big is the Puerto Rican population in Chicago? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, 1940s, around that time, we really start to see the Puerto Rican in Chicago start to grow. Mm-hmm. And then Come around 1960, you see the Puerto Rican, 1960s, 70s, 80s, the Puerto Rican population begins to explode. They start moving their ways into other parts of the city uh, because of gentrification in places like Lakeview and Lincoln Park. They start moving to places like Logan Square, Wicker Park, um, Humble Park, um, Hermosa. You know, we're so we're, we're seeing we've seen that move west. How do we get to Humble Park? Because like growing up, when people was like Humble Park, it was easy for me to be like, yeah, that's a minor or a majority Puerto Rican community. But Von Humboldt is a German name. So, so yeah. you know, how do people come to settle yeah. uh, around Humboldt Park? 
Um, we probably should change that name to something that's reflective of the Puerto Rican community. But that's we did a whole episode, episode on that, yeah. and that's what I said as well. <laughs> I, I was like, maybe, say, yeah. maybe it's time to move on. I mean, I get people yeah. know it, but like that's a whole another episode, Jay. I know we got Ida, we got Ida B. Wells Drive. I mean, we got Dusable Drive. I mean, we there we can evolve here. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, again, like you said, it's, it's another uh, conversation for another day. Um, but I've, essentially, it all comes down to the segregated nature of the way we build out our neighborhoods. I mean, you look at uh, Puerto Ricans come into like view in Lincoln Park, working in a lot of the factories in those areas. My grandfather himself migrated to this country, worked in worked in factories. My grandmother migrated here and worked her worked her butt off too. Um, they both ended up becoming uh, small business owners, funny enough, in the Humble Park, um, Hermosa parts of the city. Um, and that largely came down to uh, these places where Puerto Ricans were calling home, all yeah, of a sudden, where my the, people at as 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 we're getting pushed out of Lakeview is I'm gonna go where my people are, and a lot of them exactly in the Humble Park area, exactly. So mm-hmm. a lot of people getting pushed out. Um, you had uh, police officers who uh, very much discriminated against the Puerto Rican population. Um, in fact, in my podcast, I've talked to people that have had horrible experiences, uh, especially in like that 1960s, 80s era. Um, where they were just not treated, they were treated less than human. Um, there's a sense of not being welcomed, the sense of, I got to, you know, where are my people going? You mentioned your grandparents migrating here, becoming small business owners in the Humble Park area. Can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Like, did you feel connected to your culture and your community um, as you were coming up? 100%. I mean, I grew up in Humble Park, born and raised there, um, born and raised in Chicago. So being around, Paseo Boricua, being around the festival in Humble Park, um, just being around the, com- the Puerto Rican community in general. So I had my grandfather who lived down the street, had my tia uh, right across the street, my tío on the other block. So really, literally like uh, living, it takes a village to raise somebody. Um, and that village helped me avoid uh, gang life. It helped me avoid, um, you know, doing stuff I wasn't supposed to do. Um, you know, my grandfather's corner store is right around the corner on Wabansi in California. So being able to have a place to go after school, being able to, you know, help out at the store and uninterrupted moments with my grandfather who had a love for history. He didn't always get his historical facts right. But I, I mean, the man was very old and didn't have the Internet, you know, so like, <laughs> but the appreciation for history was yeah. so imprinted on me. Anytime we talk about uh my Puerto Rican culture, history, living out those traditions, that was always done in the home. My mom raised us very, and my father raised us very culturally Puerto Rican. I even married a Puerto Rican. That's how much I love Puerto Rico. Um, no, just kidding. My, my wife, Kim Ortiz, if, you were, if you're listening, if you weren't Puerto Rican, I still marry you. I love you. But, um, but you know, I mean, that, that, those are things that, unfortunately, when I was in school, I didn't hear about the history of Puerto Rico. You know, I would hear maybe a couple pages about the U.S. saving Puerto Rico from Spain. I I love how deep the history of the island, of your family's history. I love that when you tell these stories, they're not separate. It's really beautiful. I I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I mean, it's all testament to the community I grew up in. You know, how has uh, Paseo Boricua changed over your lifetime? You, you've mentioned gentrifications a few times, right? You know, how, how what do you remember as a as a kid walking up the strip to now? Yeah, I mean, a lot has changed. Um, I mean, the Puerto Rican Cultural Center um, was a huge influence on Paseo Boricua. I mean, they've done some tremendous work. Um, we have a theater company. 
um, that is run, um, led uh, by BIPOC folk. Um, we have uh, a housing authority that helps fight for affordable housing in the community. Um, we have some of the largest collection of murals in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pilsen might have us beat by a little bit, you know, <laughs> just by a little bit. Um, we also have the gigantic Puerto Rican flags, like I mentioned earlier, largest monuments to flag in the world. Um, they are a representation of the Puerto Ricans that migrated to this country that worked in steel mills, that were pipe fitters. You know, you look at our murals and you see stories of migration, you see stories of gentrification, you see stories that celebrate our culture from the music that was founded on the island, like Bomba y Plena, um, to our love of our food, our love of laughter, our love of family, our love of the flag in general. We've seen a lot of things from beautification to businesses to services um to arts and culture all be developed um in the short amount of time that Paseo mm-hmm. Puerico has been a thing. Um, yeah. We're talking 40 years at this point, so still a youngin. We're gonna talk about the podcast and the festival, but I gotta put you on the spot. I'm gonna need you to be yeah. a little neighborhood ambassador for me for sure. a second, right? I love a good <laughs> coquito, hiberito, like the next okay. person. If somebody popping in Humble Park, what do they gotta eat? What do they mm-hmm. gotta shop if, if if they never really took the neighborhood in? Mm, those are great questions. Um, and you might get me in trouble. Uh, oh, I'm trying to. I, that's why I put uh, you on the spot. No tough. prep well, for it. Depends I, what type of vibe you're going for. So people if you, always use vibe as a way to like kinda, get three options out. I like it. I like it. It's all about the vibe. Strategic. Um, let's, we're gonna go, we're gonna go east to west on Paseo. Top of the top of Paseo Western and uh, Division Street. There's a place called Nelly's. They actually do a breakfast buffet. And something that I think is probably their shining star, their thing to be most proud of in their restaurant, it's called Avena de Coco, or Coconut Oatmeal in English. It is some of the best oatmeal I've ever had in my life. Um, Then if you're looking for something like lunch or breakfast, there's a or lunch or dinner, there's a spot called Janelli's Kitchen, which just opened. So if you're trying to support a, a local brand new business, and there's also La Brucana, which is closer to Division Street in California. Awesome drinks, uh, great food. Um, but if you're looking for a hibarito, I know you mentioned a hibarito earlier, Jacoby, you probably got to go a little further north of Paseo Boricua. People seem to really like, and I can see why they like it, uh, Kimball and, and Fullerton. It's called mm-hmm. Hibaritos y Mas. They make very good uh, hibaritos there. Um, I'm, I'm not going to leave you on the spot to, to do all the businesses, but that's a good start, you. right? You got me some food. You got me some drinks. Like, uh, I, I, I love that. Um, one of the great celebrations is coming up, uh, starting the day, moving through the weekend, which is the Puerto Rican Festival. But I'm going to need some, some help on this one, because when I look up Puerto Rican Festival in Chicago, I believe there are multiple. So am I, am I writing that there are there are more than one? And if so, why is that? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, my understanding is the people that are running the, the Puerto Rican festival for years were not being good stewards of the money that was coming in. So, and again, this is all just from conversations from people I've heard in the Puerto Rican community. You'd have, um, and just media reports, you know, you'd have money being used for private endeavors that was supposed to go back into putting the festival together. You had vendors that were not getting paid, artists that were not getting paid for participating. Um, and then, you know, legal action was brought up against um, the committee. Now it's a different group that's running the festival, but it's continuing on the traditions from the previous ones. But that's kind of like a brief high level history of it. It's kind of been a roller coaster the past few years, um, just trying to get a handle on the behemoth that is the festival and trying to understand how do we 
elevated a bit more. Um, in the past, when I was growing up, it was food, it was carnival rides, and it was performances. Um, so what we're seeing now is more of an emphasis. In the past, like handful of years, we're seeing more of an emphasis on you know having um, voter registration booths. Now, normally the festival happens Father's Day weekend, so okay. it is happening a bit earlier in June this year. So that might be. Uh, where some of the confusion is coming from. And it's a new group. I know that you're going to be in the parade uh, with the <laughs> yeah. podcast, so you can't use that answer. Well, what are you most excited <laughs> for at the fest? Uh, freestyle. The freestyle genre of music um, is like my ish. Like, I get down on that. It comes on the radio. Like w <laughs> WGCI will play it sometimes. And I'm, you know, I'm going crazy. Hey, my, my brother make music and I'll go in his room and I'll be like, hey, bro, I just had eight bars come to me. He'll come entertain on. me. He'll be like, let me hear it. Yeah. It's, it's usually me. It's usually me. <laughs> but I, I get down with it. I feel Yeah, it. yeah. Well, if people are familiar with like, um, so less like hip-hop freestyling and more like, you know, you're getting your groove on at the club mm -hmm. uh, dancing uh, to some of this music. So on Friday, we actually have like living legends in that freestyle music genre that that really Puerto Ricans brought to prominence in the 1980s and, and, and late and early 90s. Um, so it's going to be Freestyle Friday. A little Susie will be there. So I don't know if anybody listening knows like, take me, take me in your arms and never let me go. They are now because we keeping that in. <laughs> Please, no, go for it. Um, so I think that's what I'm most excited for, just to like, dance my you know what off uh in humble park to that music and then yeah of course being in the the people's day the puerto rican people's day parade this saturday at two o'clock is definitely gonna be one of the highlights of my life for sure Joshua Smizer de Leon is the host of the Paseo podcast, covers everything Puerto Rico, both here uh, and throughout the diaspora. Thank you so much. Uh, and congratulations on being in, in the parade this Saturday. Thanks, Jacoby. Appreciate you having me on. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. One summer Chicago job applications close this Friday. Chicagoans aged 14 to 24 can apply now for paid summer positions. 19 people have thrown their names in the hat for the 24th Ward Alderperson position, the seat vacated by Michael Scott last month. One of the names in the mix, Scott's sister. There's some good news to get you through. Another day, another festival, my friends. High Park Summerfest kicks off this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. And I'm not going to lie to you, that Saturday lineup looking real good. I'm talking Busta Rhymes, Ashanti, and Chicago's own Lupe Fiasco. For more information, check the link in the show notes. If this is your first episode of CityCast Chicago, welcome. And what took you so long? I've been here for like a year and a half just kind of doing my thing. Where you been? No, 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 I'm messing with you. <laughs> Hopefully you'll join us tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Peace. That was nice. That was nice. Let me go and check. Let me go and check. Let me go and check. Did Block Club change their typeface?